God bless you all. Have you ever felt friendless and alone? I think a lot of us have been through that in some kind of way. If you haven't, though, okay, don't brag too much because there's a reason that the body of Christ sits in an imbalance today. Someone is not complying and helping their fellow man in ways that they know that they ought to. Let's squash the cultic practitioners who still preach separatism and shunning and start spreading love. Amen. Amen. Will you stand by me? Will you stand by me? Will you stand by Jesus? Amen. Are you saved? Amen. Amen. Stand by me. And, I, you know, I feel that this is what God is asking a lot of us today. A lot of the listeners, a lot of you out there, God is asking, will you stand by me? Jesus wants to know, will you stand by him? Amen. Amen. Um, I will be taking the uh, today's subject from 2 Timothy chapter 4. So if you want to turn your swords to 2 Timothy chapter 4, hallelujah, God is good. And I'll read, I'm going to use more scripture than uh, 16 to 18, but I will read 2 Timothy 4, 16 to 18, and it reads as this, like this, and then we'll pray in. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Now, that was written by the Apostle Paul, great Apostle Paul, they call him, some people call him. He wrote most of the books in the New Testament. Okay, something to consider. Amen. And he's saying here that he's been deserted. The great Apostle Paul is saying that he's been deserted by his friends. Have you ever felt that way? Amen. So let's pray in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, Abba, Daddy. We love you. Creator of all things, creator of the universe, creator of everything. We honor you. We love you. We respect you. And we worship you. Hallelujah. We praise you. Father God, use me today to deliver your holy word as you would have it to be delivered, Father God. Let someone hear something today, Father God, that will turn their hearts towards Jesus. We thank you for the new day. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for the rain. We thank you for just being alive and breathing this morning. And for all those that are going through some type of trouble, Lord God, we ask special blessings for them. And if they have some loved one, uh, friends or family that's going through or suffering in any type of way, we lift them up to you as well. And we feel deep inside of our spirit as we are praying this right now, that you are delivering them from whatever is ailing them. Because you said, Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, you said, by your stripes, we are healed. We are healed already. So no matter what we feel in a fleshly manner, we know spiritually we've been healed. Okay, we're speaking healing over everyone else, Father God. You are our Father. You're creator of all things. You live within us with the real Kakadesh, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
We thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless you today. Amen. And we thank you, Father, for sending blessings to us. We thank you for saving us from things that we didn't even realize we were going through, the things we couldn't even see in the spirit. But you sent your angels to, to help. We thank you. And we, and we thank the angels for helping us. We don't worship them. We worship you. And if we need anything, we ask you, Jesus. And we know that you will send the angels that we need at the time. We do not have power over them, but you do. Hallelujah. We are to come to you. And Father God, we also ask that all those that are sick and shut in, incarcerated, and those that are lonely, especially those that are lonely, Father God, that that you bless them in only in a way that only you can. And we thank you for today. We thank you for what we are about to hear from you. Holy Spirit, use me, touch somebody, hopefully everybody, in Jesus' name, and let the saints say amen and amen. Hallelujah and amen. God is good. As I always say, if you don't um, invoke the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit of the Most High God, then you're just hearing words. Amen. <laughs> There's been so many words spoken in this lifetime that you, know, you have to, as I tell people, chew the meat and spit out the bone. You can take, take what is good and throw away everything else. Some people are so afraid to learn anything, you know, that they don't know what to believe and what not to believe. If it is good and you hear your father's a voice in it accept it into your spirit and if it's not and you don't hear your father's voice in it kick it to the curb amen amen hallelujah amen so second timothy 4 chapter 4 verse 16 to 18 and then some okay you know once again we find our scripture in these last two weeks in pastor timothy's encouragement letters from the apostle paul Last week on Mother's Day, we discussed in Chapter 1 his grandmother and his mother, Eunice and Lois, being uplifted and edified by Paul due to their humility and faith. Paul gives an account of the wickedness of the last days, which I do truly believe that we are experiencing today, don't you? Sodom and Gomorrah, happening all over again. All right, Chapter 4, Verse 1. Let's go to Chapter 4. I'll read Verse 1. And it says, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. And then he says, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. Listen, some of you out there listening to this need to hear this and, and take this into your heart. God's telling you something, okay? Preach the word in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away uh, their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Because, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Okay? Now, we have Paul. He, he charges Timothy before God to do kingdom work, okay? Just as God has charged some of you listening, I can feel it. God has charged some of you to do kingdom work, and you're letting things get in the way, okay? You're worried about pleasing man. Don't do that anymore, okay? God has given you your papers. 
<laughs> so do what he has shown you to do. It was him. It was him calling you, talking to you. Amen. Anyhow, he tells him to preach the word in season or out of season and or out of season. Okay. We, we are to reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine of Jesus Christ. Now, verse 3 of chapter 4 tells us that there is going to come a time, which I believe is right now, where people will not like nor accept sound doctrine. You may have noticed everyone is on this new free love kick lately. Okay, we'll call it that, free free love kick. Okay, not, not Jesus love kick, okay. Uh, we have to remember everything that the Lord does, the enemy tries to mimic it and copy it. All right. Yes, we are to love, and Jesus is love, but he did not die on that cross for rebellion, okay? We have to separate. We have to know how to separate with the Spirit. He did not die on that cross for rebellion, which the Bible says is as witchcraft. Rebellion is as witchcraft. As I always say, whatever happened to repentance, have you noticed that people just don't seem to be repenting anymore like they used to in the old days people just well i can get away with that god is god he 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 has a big heart you know he he didn't see that he'll forgive me you know don't abuse grace i don't know if some of you ever watched the movie uh david okay um the movie david his uh his one son raped his sister Okay, as you may have written the Bible, and his, you know, his cousins and his, and his brothers talking to him, and he says, "Aren't you, aren't you afraid of what, you know, what David will do because you raped your sister?" And he, he says, uh, in that movie, he says, "Well, you know, he has a big heart. He'll just, what is he going to do? He'll just forgive me." <laughs> and he starts laughing. Okay, and don't act like that. You know, we have to repent. Feel sorry. Repentance is feeling sorry. No, well, you don't have to have tears. You know. The tears aren't necessary, okay, for repentance, but you know, feeling sorry for what you did, amen? Whatever happened to correction? Amen, and spiritual correction. Whatever happened to spiritual correction? Whatever happened to correction, folks? It seems that Aleister Crawley's satanic do as thy will has surpassed Christ-like correction by leaps and bounds. And some people, you know who Aleister Crawley is, and some people don't, okay? Aleister Crawley is the head of the uh, satanic, okay, uh, cult. Amen? People don't even correct their own children anymore. And, and some of you out there listening, you know that. You've seen it before. And if I hear one more mother count the three with their rebellious child, I will scream. They, they're not listening. They don't listen. They're not going to listen. Okay, we are to correct chastise. Amen. Now, verse five, where he says, but, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Okay, endure afflictions. That doesn't mean to get hot headed and high minded and, and aggravated all the time. Stop the aggravation. You know, some people, some, somebody out here listening to this gets, you have a problem with aggravation. You let things aggravate you too much, too soon, too early. That's your downfall. Okay, I've even heard people say, oh, I don't pray for patience. That scares me. Though, cause I, I, well, you better start praying for all of us. Better start praying for patience because if you cannot take what's been, what, what happened in like 1940, 1950, 1960, 1970, you are not going to make it in 2018. 
<laughs> or 2020, well, hey, whenever Jesus comes back, you're not going to be able because things have gotten worse. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy, make full proof of thy ministry. Paul tells us to do the work of an evangelist and foolproof our ministry. That means to know that you know that you know that you're called with a heavenly spiritual surety that you're preaching Jesus and salvation, not you. Okay, not the flesh. Preach Jesus and salvation. That you believe that what you are doing is right. Believe that what you are doing for the kingdom of God is right, as long as the Spirit's in it, not the flesh. If you don't get confirmation from the Spirit of the Most High God, then you're on your own. And as and, and pastor, uh, a teacher of mine, years ago, used to say, when you're on your own, you're on your own. See ya. Amen. You better get with it. Amen. Get with him. Amen. I didn't say pay attention to what others believe. Because if you listen to other people's ideas about your own ministry, you won't get anything done for the kingdom. That includes family. That includes friends. Listen, when God called you, were they there? Did he include them? Did he tell you to ask for their opinion? Amen? Then why do we sometimes respect someone else's opinion over God's mandate. Doesn't the word tell us who is man that thou art mindful of him? Amen. Go to verse 7. Verse 7 says, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Amen. Paul says he fought a good fight. He finished his course. And he kept the faith. You know, have you ever been in a battle where it seemed that no one was on your side? Nobody, even those you thought would be. Amen. You know, it's it's it, it sometimes leaves you feeling some kind of way, doesn't it? But you got to be careful not to be bitter. Okay, let's not get bitter because after all, we got to remember they are not the ones at work here. There's something you can't see that is at work. Amen. Have you ever had so many people come against you that it affected you physically? Have you ever? You know, I went through something recently um, that I went to bed one night feeling as though I literally wrestled with a devil or one of his extremely strong demons. At the end of the day, my, my daughter asked me, she said, are you okay, Mom? And I told her, I said, I feel like I wrestled with a devil today, the strong man, demon. But I bound that thing in Jesus' name and finally felt a release. When you are wrestling with something, bind, rebuke, fast, pray, take charge. God, God tells us all throughout the Bible, take charge, you know, be not afraid. Do not be deceived, amen? And you'll feel a release. The power in you is greater than any power that tries to take over you. As I always say, there is no yin-yang. There is no equal power to God's power. Amen? I felt, uh, I'll, say, I'll say it this way, I felt very beat up, you know, but I felt that the strong man had gone. 
My body was aching. My joints and my bones were sore. My teeth were gritting at the end of the day. And I had a horrible, a horrible migraine. And I'm not one to get migraines or headaches. Okay? And no, it wasn't, uh, what did they say, uh, allergy season? No. Okay? It, doesn't the Bible say, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood? Amen? That's what was happening to me. I wasn't wrestling against flesh and blood. Let's go to verse 10. So sometimes when you go through that, you're not crazy. Don't let somebody tell you, oh, you're just imagining things. No, you're not. You better start praying and fasting. Amen. Verse 10. And he says, uh, for Demas have forsaken. I jumped a few here. Okay, verse 10. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, see, and has departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans, to Galatia, Titus, and Dalmatia. Notice that Demas was once a Christian, a believer, following Paul, as Paul preached Jesus. But then all of a sudden, what's he say? He left him because he what? He loved this present world. My, my, don't do that. Don't leave the word of God because you love this world. There are some people called into ministry that left because they loved the world so much they just couldn't get over it. So if you are in ministry, if God has called you, you may have made some, made some mistakes. As I said, ask the Lord to forgive you, repent, and pick yourself up and continue to go. Continue on. Amen. Amen. Demas, one of the Apostle Paul's partners in the ministry, left him. Imagine that. And and some of you, I believe, listening have probably had this happen to you. Now what? And now what? What is you just keep preaching in season, out of season? That's what. Keep preaching. God is with you. Amen. I don't care if the person that left you has a big name, a lot of money, been on TV, made some albums, or whatever. I guess they say what? CDs nowadays, never. They're not God. Now, if God leaves you and you're in love, but God leaves you, then you're in trouble. Amen. Amen. Everybody is not on the same spiritual level as us. Amen. Everybody is. Sometimes you might feel like somebody is ignoring you or treating you funny. Instead of putting yourself in a low, being the low man on a totem pole, did you ever stop and think that maybe they need to humble themselves? Maybe you're not the problem. Maybe they can't handle how God uses you. Maybe jealousy has creeped in. All right? Amen. So Paul not only mentions Demas, he, he named him. He tells people, I couldn't depend on him. Amen. This was back in the day when you could tell other believers what was going on, and it stayed between you and those believers. It didn't get out into the world. It didn't go in a newspaper or on the uh, Action News or on Facebook. It stayed in the family. Amen. He named them and told them what happened. See, because because you can take a lot of long-suffering doesn't mean that they can. There are some of you. I know I'm one of them. Okay, there's some of us that can take a lot of long suffering. 
Some people were maybe even raised to be that way or something happened in your life that caused you to be humble and to have long-suffering. As they say, some people can take a lot of pain, you know, and some people can't. It's as simple as that. You know, and some folks will make fun of you for doing so. There's some people, you know, there's some of us that go through long suffering. We can let things happen to us and happen to us and happen to us. Hey, it even gets to the point, you ever have somebody say that you have a dark, you ever hear people say, back in the day they used to say people, oh, she got a dark cloud over her. Stay away from her. He got a dark, <laughs> you know, people or something, aren't they? You have a dark cloud over you. And they stay away from you because you're, uh, quote, unquote, bad luck, Okay. And some of you out there know what I'm talking about. <laughs> some people make fun of you for being that way. I know some people who others, okay, say it that way, have given up on and stopped speaking to them because they weren't used to they weren't used to their ways, so to speak, okay? Or their nature. We'll say it that way. But those people turned out to be more dedicated to my ministry, especially online, than those whitewashed inconsistent, high-minded, dry sepulcher folks. Amen. And I mean that. There's some of you out there listening to this right now who have listened to me for years. You've seen my faults. You've seen my highs. You've seen my lows. You saw when I got short. You saw when I walked in the flesh. You saw when I was walking in, in, in the spirit. Some of you out there, I appreciate. I just want to say that to you right now. I appreciate you. Amen. And I'm glad that you are with me in this walk, in this ministry. God bless you. Amen. Long-suffering pays off in the, well, should I say long run? <laughs> Amen. What about you? What about you, the listener? Will you stand by me? Will you stand by me? Amen. Verse 16. All right. Verse 16 says, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with, with me and strengthened me that by the preaching uh, might be fully known and that all Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. It's beautiful. Amen. Lord, bless the kingdom. Bless the kingdom of the Most High God. Amen. You know, I've been through, and I'm sure a lot of you have to, been through what Paul is telling us here. Okay, he was deserted by so-called alleged friends. Okay, they probably thought he was crazy. If you think, go back into the history. And some of you uh, history buffs out there that studies the word and, you know, goes studies history. Go back into the history. They probably thought he was crazy because the historical descriptions of the Apostle Paul says that he may have been short and bald. Okay, not such a handsome fellow, right? And remember now, he killed Christians. He killed people. Paul killed people before he became a believer. He was killing them, and then he was saving them later. Amen. After the Lord got a hold of them. He did the complete opposite. And after killing all of those believers in his early life, his pre-Christian life, if you will, he most likely had a little grimace on his face, a serious look to it. Maybe, maybe, okay, to his countenance. We don't know. All we know is there was something there. He prayed about it. Amen. 
you know, I was in the Marines when I was 21. And 40 years later, my friends still tell me to smile. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's embedded, you know. It, it sticks with you. Okay, by the way, Marines are trained killers. Try being a Marine and a preacher at the same time. It's a, it's a rough place to be. Consider this. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The Apostle Paul also, if you remember, had something, we'll say, okay, quote, unquote, something wrong with him. The word carefully does not allow us to know what it was. He says in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 9, okay, he says that three times he asked the Lord to take this buffeting thing, okay, away from him. And instead of God doing so, he told him, what does God tell him? You're asking God, okay? This so-and-so is bothering me. Lord, please take it away. You know, I, I, this is getting on my nerves. I can't take it anymore. I can't take their noise. I can't take their actions. I can't take this. You know, this is happening. Or, or this is, you have something wrong physically or whatever, and you, you just want to get rid of it, you know? There's so many different things that a person can go through. Like let's say you're a lady and your hair is thinning or you are you have bad teeth, okay, you don't have that beautiful, bright, uh you know, commercialized uh smile, you know. Or your skin might be bad or something in the, and you have God you know God uses you, okay? And, but but you have this thing that just gets on your nerves. And deep inside, you're feeling that it gets on other people's nerves as well. What if it doesn't? What if it's only bothering you? That's something to think about. But so what, what does God tell him? God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Can you imagine? Amen? Can you imagine asking God, you know, to help me in this situation? Please take this. Now, you're talking to the creator of all things, right? He could just, he just go and get rid of it. So what's he tell him? My grace, son. My grace, daughter. Don't forget, you have my grace. You can do this. You can. Isn't that how parents talk to their kids in school? When they're in sports or whatever they're doing, they're they're in a concert or something like that. You can do it. You can do this. You know? Imagine. Some say that Paul had bumps on his face. Some say he had elephantitis of the groin area, you know, and some say that he had eye gook from allergies. Whatever it was, it must have affected his acceptance from others somehow, or it affected his ministry. All right? He was fighting something. And and, and the Bible says that it buffeted him. And when you look up the word buffeted, that means something that just keeps just hitting you and hitting you and hitting you. And a lot of people say physically. Whatever it is was physical, most likely. Something was bothering him, affecting his ministry. Maybe it was hard for him to, to plug in, close in, you know. You never know. Well, let's do it this way. This, this is going to sound a little strange, but let's look at it from a vanity point of view, okay? Imagine walking around, riding boats and donkeys or whatever, telling people about this kingdom, okay? <laughs> Amen. With a short, allegedly unattractive, crazy-sounding, 
greasy-eyed man, okay, if that be the case, what would you do? Do they have to be following them? There are too many Christians out there following preachers because they're beautiful and their clothes are pretty or they're gorgeous or they're handsome. The guy is handsome. He's cut. (laughs) He's got a nice face like an angel. Be careful who you're following. Everybody that whispers and talks um, uh, sweet isn't always a dog. Amen? Think of some of the things Jesus told people in the Bible when he was walking, walking around with his boy, with his boys. Jesus told he told one woman he called them dogs. There's a reason he called them dogs because there were people that they just called dogs at that time. And the woman asked him for help, and he said, "I wasn't sent to help the dog. You know, my bread is not for the dog." <laughs> so what would you do? Better still, what would Jesus do? WWJD, Amen. Didn't God tell us not to look on the outer appearance? Didn't God tell us? And what do we do every time? Practically every time we'll say, always look on the outer appearance. There are, I hate to say this, but there are churches that chose preachers because the preacher was cute. The women fall in love with the male preacher and the men fall in love with the female preacher. Outer appearance. Outer appearance. But yeah, see, we have to remember there's some pretty devils too. There's some <laughs> there's some pretty devils out there too. Amen. Amen. I had somebody years ago kept throwing it up in my face. I guess they were trying to bring jealousy on me or somebody. I honestly didn't feel that there was any jealousy needed, okay? Um, they kept saying, oh, so-and-so is gorgeous. Oh, you see the clothes she wears. Her clothes are outstanding. She's sharp. She's fine. She this, she that. I said, how many people does she get saved? And a lot of people, you take all the fakeness away. There's nothing left. Apostle Paul, some of them, if they take some of that junk off, they would look like Apostle Paul, the alleged description of him. I wonder, now that we're talking about this, are they ashamed of their natural self? Amen. When you get in front of God, you're getting in front. We are supposed to get in front of God naked. I even had a dream one time. I write down. I hope you guys write down your dreams because it, years later, you'd be surprised with things that God was speaking to you about. Okay, just keep the notebooks. Write the month on the front of the notebook and you write down your dreams. I had a dream, okay, that I was laying naked at God's feet. I saw uh, I saw God um, on, on his throne, and then I saw Jesus, and then I saw, I think it was God and Jesus, okay, and I didn't see the Holy Spirit, okay, but I saw, I remember God and Jesus sitting there, okay, because the Holy Spirit is down here with us, actually, <laughs> you know, and I was laying there naked. I was unashamed. I was laying like sidewards to my right, okay, at his feet. And I had my head on my hand. And I was comfortable and I was happy. And my body looked nice. And I was I was pleased with where I was at and what I was doing and what I looked like. Make you wonder, are, you, are, are we pleased? Are you pleased with yourself? Amen. But back to the matter at hand. Okay, Paul was alone, lonely, if you will, 
Now, who doesn't get lonely sometimes, right? Consider his timing as well. We have to consider the timing when we're reading the Bible. It looks like something happened the following week. In all actuality, it could have been months, years later. We have to consider the timing. It might be, maybe he was alone for a long time. And when it says Paul was in jail, he didn't get out two days later. Paul could have been in jail for a while. We don't know. Amen? Who doesn't get lonely at times? And we don't know how long it was. I myself, I actually haven't had a relationship with a man since 1996. And my poor kids, I always say, I talk uh, my poor kids' ears off, but they love me. Amen. They are good kids. And God is still trying to find somebody for me. No, I'm just playing. You know, if he find, if, if I get somebody, that's great, you know, because God has somebody for everybody. And if I don't, I'm still pleased. I'm still happy because I'm doing the work of the kingdom. And I know it has nothing to do with going to heaven. Amen. Amen. And some people, their flesh was so strong when they was younger, they need a break. That's a little hint to somebody, I guess. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but notice also, Paul asks God not to fault them, see? What is that? Compassion. He knows it's the enemy at work. As the Bible says, the wiles of the devil, right? Guess who is with us through it all, though? God is with us through it all. Remember that song says, through it all, through it all, I learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I learned to depend upon his word. Amen. Amen. He says that the Lord was with him and strengthened him to preach to Gentiles. Notice, not those who are necessarily believers because they believe already. Hospitals are made for sick sick folks. Amen. He's speaking of divine constancy here. He's speaking about the gospel being universal for the whole world, not just certain sects of people. Amen. S-E-C-T-S. <laughs> he says he was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Won't he do it? Won't God do it, y'all? What is your testimony? Has God delivered you out of the mouth of the lion or what? Yes, they say Amen. Amen. The victory belongs to Jesus, and we are in Jesus. Therefore, guess what? You have the victory. Amen. God gave us three. Won't he do it? Testify about it. Amen. Don't be shamed. God said you you uh, praise him, worship him. You know, you bring him out in the open and let folks know you love him, and he'll, he'll let folks know he loves you as well. They'll begin to see it in your life, on you. Amen. Paul said that the Lord delivered him out of every evil work. This is also a hint. Also, if you think about it, it's a hint that whatever Paul was experiencing was not any type of, as they say, identity crisis or character flaw, okay, which we identify as evil works. Amen. Because if it goes against the word of God, it's evil. Amen. So we know Paul didn't have that problem. Amen. God is our divine deliverer. He will deliver you out of your troubles. Amen. 
God always makes a way where there seems to be no way. Isn't that what they say? And he does. Amen. He does. And we thank him for it. As the kids say, believe that. You can believe that. Amen. God will make a way. Just when people thought they had you backed into a corner, God shows up. Hallelujah. That's something to bless me for. Amen. Bless your father. Amen. All that Jesus went through, all that he was blamed for, will you stand by him? You know, they called him a drunkard, a wine nibber. They tried to catch him up in his words, tried to make him lie, tried to catch him in a lie. Don't they do that to you sometimes? You ever have somebody do that to you? They try to catch you in a lie, or they try to catch you. They try to catch you up in your words so that they can say that you're a liar. But don't make a mistake and say something wrong. They got you. Amen. They said that his followers were closer to him than his own family. Can you imagine that? Imagine the scuttlebutt, the the gossip about that. Amen. They saw him ignore his parents to stay behind and teach the teachers. Who else can do that but the spirit of the Most High God, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our loved one. His parents was looking for him. Jesus was back here chilling, teaching teachers about the kingdom. This miracle man's first miracle was what? Wine. Not raising somebody up off of their deathbed or, you know, kicking crutches from underneath somebody and telling them to walk. It was wine. Imagine that. At a wedding. He told people to give Caesar what was his, but give God what was God's. What is God's is God's. Okay. As many times as we heard that, have you ever stopped to think that that was anti-governmental, so to speak? Splitting it, splitting that kingdom, that earthly kingdom, okay? Think about it. Caesar was Caesar. Caesar was the, 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 he was the king of all the land, okay? Everything was his. And here comes Jesus talking about, wait, hold up. You take yours, but there's also a greater kingdom, the kingdom of my father, the kingdom of the most high. He's, there's a separation there. So he's he's telling people, uh, people are like, well, we thought everything was Caesar's. And Jesus says, no. Imagine that. Like the people nowadays, you could probably, I'm not going to name any names, because in your own mind, you could probably think of people who are like that right now. They tell the truth so much, and they have such big hearts, and they love the truth. You know, there's a lady who used to say years ago, God loved the truth. And and and, uh, and it's true. God loves the truth. And there's people nowadays in our day and time right now, some have passed on and some are still alive, but they tell the truth, which can be considered as anti-governmental. So everybody that you think may be anti-governmental just may be right. They may be telling the truth. Amen? Because doesn't the Bible say the government is on Jesus' shoulders? Uh-oh. Did we forget that? So, you know, he went against the laws of man and healed on the Sabbath. 
okay? He ate without washing his hands. Will you still stand by this man? Will you still stand by Jesus? All the things that they try to say. Now, even today, there are people who are trying to say Jesus isn't real. He's a copycat and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Jesus is the only God who died and resurrected with people watching, with witnesses. Everybody else died, and they're dust right now. Jesus is the only God that died, resurrected with witnesses, and is written in history books as such. People don't have to lie about him. People knew what happened. Amen? He wasn't just a famous name. He wasn't just a man. He was all man and all God. That's a good one. That's a good one for those people that like to always try to decipher something. Try try to figure this out. (laughs) I love it. I love him. He was all man and all God. All right? Figure that one out. Will you still stand by him? Amen. God is calling you today. And if you feel him speaking to your heart, what did, what did he tell you today, just now, in the last, what, 45 minutes? What did he, tell you? he said, have no fear. Yes, it's me calling you. I heard you. My grace is sufficient. Stop worrying about everything, God says. My grace is sufficient for you. To be a man pleaser, stop that. When you please me, I'll cause people to please you. How's that? Did you just get the messages? Did you hear it today? Stand by him, and he'll stand by you. That's a perfect marriage, if you ask me. Amen? In fact, the song Stand By Me that I played earlier was played at the royal wedding. God bless uh, Prince Harry. And his new wife, Megan Markle, amen. And it was by Karen Gibson and the Kingdom Choir, amen. Stand by me. And this is what Jesus is asking you today. Will you stand by me? I have some good stuff for you, but you have to accept me. Are you saved? If you want Jesus as your Savior, just simply say this. We were talking about repentance earlier, remember? Repent. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I know you love me, and I accept that. I accept you as my Savior, my King, my guide, my teacher. I want to forget everything that I did before. Start me fresh and new. Wipe the slate clean. Let me do right this time. Cause me to do right this time. Thank you for accepting me, and I bless you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. And if you just said that, welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that everybody that accepts Jesus Christ, the angels sing in heaven. You just made angels sing. (laughs) Tell me that there's no greatness within you. Amen. You are awesome. You are fantastic. You are amazing. 
stop listening to the naysayers and start listening to what God said about you. Amen. Go find a Bible-believing. I always say Bible-believing, tongue-talking church. Just find a Bible, amen, that teaches the Word of God, and everything you need will be included. The, the, the whole Word of God. Nothing added by man, okay? No legalism, no ceremonialism, no ritualism, just Word. It's never too late to start. And I bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Amen. And remember, always remember, you know, that Jesus is your Lord now. Amen. Don't kneel or bow to anyone. Respect people now, okay? But don't bow to anybody but Jesus. Amen. That means if you have to take up for yourself because you know you're right in a certain situation, it just kindly tell somebody, well, you know, I thank you for your opinion, but I'm going to pray about it. The Lord's been showing me a little something different. <laughs> you know. So God bless you. Hey, listen, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember, stand by Jesus. And Jesus will stand by you. And always remember, as I always say, Jesus is always Lord. Thank you for listening. Reverend Essie signing off. God is good. Amen.